You're listening to season two of Real Talk with Megan Luscombe. I'll be your coach for the duration of the podcast. So settle in and let's smash it out. Alrighty, a massive hello and thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Real Talk with Megan Luscombe. Today we are talking about emotional labor and focusing on the people who are getting bogged down by it. And by that, I am directly focusing on those of you who fit into these type of situations. If you're the person who takes on everyone's problems as an invitation to fix it, maybe you're the one who's always checking in with friends and family. You could also be the one making the plans and organizing catch-ups with all of your friendship circles. You might also be the first one to apologize after every single argument, even if it's not your fault. You could also be the one that puts your hands up to help with the kids all the time. And you also might be the parent who also does the school activities all the time. You might be the one in the relationship within your household who does everything to ensure the house runs smoothly. And you could also be the type of person who works a normal day job, but never forgets to get that thoughtful birthday gift for someone. They're the type of people that I'm talking about. You know, if you're one of them, you know, you're one of those people. (laughs) And if you are, you're probably going, yeah, Megs is talking about me right now. (laughs) And look, that's totally okay. Because if you are this person, if you are putting everybody's needs first and investing so much into other people for very little return, this podcast has been made specifically for you. So I want you to listen up. Now, when I say emotional labor, traditionally, it means all the stuff that we take on in any given day that is basically unpaid. So it's all the invisible tasks that we do to keep everyone around us really happy. And traditionally speaking, women do way, way, way more of it. But that's not to say it doesn't affect men too, because it definitely does. Sometimes it's things that can't be avoided that are just part of life, like housework, looking after our kids. But then there's the things that we intentionally add to our plate, Like reminding your partner that it's their mother's birthday and going out and getting a card or a gift so that they don't have to do it or doing your kid's assignment for them because they they forgot. Or maybe you might be volunteering to organize school or office fundraisers. I think you get where I'm going with this. The thing is though, this emotional labor happens in our relationships too, particularly when there's an inequality of one person doing all the heavy lifting. And this can be with your partner, it can be with a friend, it can be with a sibling, a parent. And like I said earlier, this can absolutely apply to men as well. But generally speaking, society at large pretty much grooms women to be the emotional managers of their family, their romantic partnerships, and any relationship really. And the thing is, emotional labor is really po- pro- uh, emotional labor is really problematic for two reasons. Number one, in a relationship with your partner, it can feel like you're doing all of the heavy lifting managing the household, keeping track of everyone's diaries, etc. This burden of stuff really fosters resentment and that can become really damaging on a romantic relationships level. I've had so many women who have admitted to me that their partner just didn't realize how much of this invisible work happens in a week until they started working from home or became a stay-at-home parent. And I've heard a lot of these comments, especially given the current situation with the pandemic in Victoria, which is where I'm based, The second, it becomes problematic with non-romantic partners if you're always the one to check in on a friend, to call your mum, and they never initiate that back to you. Or when you do see your friends, you're the one who's asking all the questions, and then you leave and realize they never asked a single thing about you. That can feel really isolating, and feeling like you are the one investing everything into the relationship can really make us feel devalued. 
Now, depending on what type of emotional labor you're doing, and maybe you're doing both because typical people, typical people, typically people who take the emotional burden in romantic relationships do it in friendships and in their extended families too. And there are some things that I would love for you to think on to potentially implement to maybe help ease this in your life. It can be with your friends, with your siblings, a parent. I've just got some suggestions that I think you could take into consideration. Like with all of my podcasts, I'm here to help. I'm here to get you thinking, here to get you reflecting, here to get you growing. None of my podcasts are ever as an attack at you. I just want you to think more, take things into consideration, do a bit of self-reflection, maybe flex into some areas that you need to personally grow in. All of my podcasts are recorded and done with love. So when I say these recommendations and some suggestions, I just want you to consider them, okay? So starting with number one, I want you to be objective and really think about it. Sometimes our memories are selective. And if you're already feeling like no one's interested in you or checking in with you like you do for them, that can be all you see. So I want you to take a week or two and observe your friends and family. Pay attention to the conversations, but also the text messages. People show interest in different ways, and it might be harder to recognize when it's not your way. So keep in mind the context. Some people aren't great in group environments and they're better one-on-one. So if you catch up socially with a group, sometimes it's easier for that group to discuss general things rather than zeroing in on one person or really digging deep on things. So it's important to remember that people can be often hesitant to ask someone how they're going in front of other people, in which case, sit back and listen to see if your group of friends asks about each other. You might realize that it's just not the group dynamic. Number two, pay attention, but don't draw conclusions without confirmation. If you have a particular person who never reciprocates the emotional investment you put into them, it can be really easy to conclude that they're selfish. But it's also important to consider that some people just have a conversation style that's different to yours. Perhaps they expect you to bring up things that are important to you without being asked. People can be shy. People can be awkward and they might feel like asking you about personal things is just not their business unless it's offered. They might feel like they're prying. They might feel like they're going to say the wrong thing and so forth. So if you want someone to ask questions, let them know that. Give them permission to ask those questions and let them know. Don't just keep the frustration in your head because it's not going to do anyone any favors. Sometimes you might have a friend that never calls to ask how you're doing and never remembers your birthday, but every time you catch up to meet with them, they order the coffee for you, which to them shows they're interested enough to remember your favorite drink and they're happy to order it for you. Or they might pick up your favorite whatever from the shop because it was on sale and they know you like it. People show interest and care in different ways, so it's really important you pay attention to that. I want you to look at it like love languages. It's similar when it comes to asking questions. Number three. Speaking up, stepping back and setting boundaries. Sometimes people just assume because they don't know any better. For example, I've worked with someone many moons ago who was the self-appointed organizer of their group of friends. She planned all the get-togethers, collected money from the group for birthday gifts, organized baby showers when one of the friends in the group was pregnant, took it all on, and then felt really resentful that no one asked if she wanted to do it. They just assumed she'd do it. But here's the thing. She always did it. At no point did she step back and go, hey, I'm not able to organize this one, so who'd like to take it on? She also never said, I don't like the role I've created in this group or anything of the like, so nobody knew that she wasn't enjoying it. How can people change or help if they don't know? 
And this is why it is so important to speak up, step back and set boundaries. No matter how hard it can be to resist the, if I don't do it, no one will mentality, you have to step back. And as hard as it can be, sometimes you need to let other people take on the responsibilities to understand the weight of it. If it's important to you that your friends take on some of these responsibilities, then you need to speak up, step back and set those boundaries. And I need you to remember, it's okay to step back and watch people have some difficulties. It's also important to not step back and help them. Like I always say, sometimes you just have to step back and say, not my task. Four, speak up about yourself and pay attention to what happens when you do. Okay, so with emotional check-ins, if you have a friend that never asks about how you're going, No, it's okay to bring up things about yourself if no one asks about them. It doesn't mean they don't care. And you don't need permission in the form of someone actually asking about that topic to talk about what's going on in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Assume people are happy and want to know what's going on in your world, even if they didn't think to ask about it themselves. Pay attention to the dynamics of the conversations you have with people. And this obviously means the people you talk to regularly. And see if there are any changes that you could make. For example... When you meet your friends for coffee or for a drink, do you always start by asking about them and then the conversation moves to other topics before they ever ask about you? If so, they might unconsciously assume they'll always begin every catch up by updating you on their life. So maybe start the conversation off by sharing something important with them before you ask them how they're going or ease up on the checking in and give them a chance to come to you. Sometimes anxiety kicks in and we believe if we don't take the wheel or make the initial contact with friends, we'll never hear from them. But just ease up, give the relationship breathing room and a chance for it to thrive. And you often very happily be proven wrong. Number five, make the invisible visible. Now, if the emotional load is taking its toll on you at home in your romantic partnerships, it's time to make all that invisible labor visible. Sometimes it can be hard for people to appreciate what they don't see and vice versa. Your partner could be shouldering the burden of a lot you don't see as well. I have something that I suggest with my clients called a share Sunday, where I suggest to couples that they sit down one day a week and ask a question of each other. It's a check-in. It's a talk about your week. As a team, it's also a really great time to plan out your week ahead. Here is where you can both write down, make a checklist, put it on a whiteboard, whatever, all the things that need to be done in a week. Write down to ordering flowers for your mother-in-law's birthday or checking in with your friend after the surgery. Everything, no matter how small, it's then divvied up each taking ownership of tasks. So often we keep our to-dos in our head and we never ask for help. So it makes it then easier to just add more weight to it rather than just speaking up or asking for the help that we need. But with all types of relationships, asking for more from someone can be really daunting and sometimes you're going to get pushback. But it's important to remember that having boundaries about how much you're willing to take on is crucial. And sometimes adding a bit of tension to the relationship for a short while means your relationship will be better in the long run. Sometimes we have to go through the uncomfortable to reach comfort. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes we have to go through the uncomfortable to reach comfort. In all relationships, romantic or otherwise, it's about a partnership of sorts, each of you coming to the party as equals. Sometimes if you genuinely feel the person just isn't pulling their weight, you may just have to have an open conversation about it. Not an accusatory one, but one that lets them know how you're feeling like you're overburdened, overwhelmed, and as all relationships are a two-way street, you're wondering how you can better work together. If you don't feel like you're able to have that type of conversation, 
You can have them facilitated by professionals like me, like a psychologist, like a counselor. You get the point. As always, my podcasts are here for the sole purpose of helping you in a positive way and to get you thinking about things differently. And on that note, I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Follow me on Instagram at MeganLuscom underscore. If you'd like to get in touch to see how we could work together, visit my website at www.meganluscom.com.au.